people already move tonight and get help from the Lord. Uh, but praise the Lord for the Spirit that's here tonight. And Amen. God that's moved in. Where God shows up, I'm, I'm thankful wherever God's Amen. in the midst tonight. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2, starting verse number 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we also among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by the nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might shew the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, when God hath before which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that in time past, ye be in Gentiles in the flesh who are called the uncircumcision by the which is called circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. You may be seated tonight. want to preach a, a simple thought this evening about God's wonderful masterpiece. And I want you to realize that if you're saved by the grace of God, that God has begun a work in your life. And if all that God has done in this world, there's no greater thing that God has done than when He saved you. Amen. Amen. I mean, we can look out and we... I'm getting way ahead of myself, but of all that we see and all that we experience and all that we, uh, uh, we appreciate, 
before the most neglected things we failed to give God credit for is the day that God saved us. And the workmanship and the work that it took God to do it. Amen. Amen. So let me help me preach tonight. We won't be before you very long this evening. God's already begun to do a work in His service. And we don't want to get in God's way. We want God to have His way tonight. But there was a famous sculptor back in the 1400s named Leonardo da Vinci. And Leonardo da Vinci was a famous painter and a, a museum. He was a sculptor. He was a scientist. And some of his greatest works are the last supper and of the virtuous man and of the lady of Irvine. But one of the greatest paintings that Leonardo da Vinci is accredited with is the Mona Lisa. All of us are familiar with this painting. It was a painting of Francisco de la Gordo's wife. And this painting began somewhere around 1503 out of 1506. And you realize this painting was never finished. It was never finished. But this painting is on display in the museum in France. And thousands of people every day show up to see this masterpiece that it was created. It's a portrait of a woman who sits markedly upright with her arms folded in the side of reserved posture. And she's seated as she's looked upon as if she's gazing upon those that are looking upon her. It's a painting that no matter where you are in the room, it's as if she is staring back at you. It's a painting process known as sofamata. It's a, it means that there's no outlines or hard lines to this picture. This portrait has survived of vandalisms and thefts and has survived of wars and travels. And truly it's a remarkable piece of the, my friend. As great as that piece is, it does not compare to what God has done inside every man and woman, boy or girl that's been saved by the grace of God. <laughs> People will travel around the world to see this picture but I need you to realize this, that if you're saved by the grace of God. How you need to realize that God has painted a masterpiece in your life. And God is not one of you and not to hide that masterpiece. But He's expecting you to show it off tonight. Amen. First of all, God's masterpiece. Let's talk about the Creator for a second, shall we? This Creator, let me remind you, the Creator, the masterpiece in your life was not yourself. But it was God. But God. Amen. If we were, if we can look back at our life before we was ever saved, look at the masterpieces we made, we made a mess of things. And I'll say this, even after we're saved, we walk away from God and try to do things our own way. We'll make a mess of things. But this Creator, this masterpiece in your life, in six days, He created what we see every day. I still believe in the six-day creation. Amen. I know it's not popular in a lot of our theologians, a lot of our Bible seminaries and our public school systems want to tell how things have evolved over millions and millions of years. But I still believe the Bible tonight. Six days He made what we see every day. He made the light. He made the darkness. He made time to begin. And can I say, He'll be the one that says when time will end. Amen. 
Amen. Hey, he made light and darkness. He made the firmament. He made the sea, the earth, and the fruit thereof. He made the lights of heaven. He made the fish and the fowl. He made the bird and man and beast. And gave food for both. But through all that, that's not God's masterpiece. <laughs> Some of us will take vacations. And we'll go out well. I remember Brother Colt got to see how the Gulf of Mexico for the first time in his life last year. And he just sat back and was in awe about how you can look out and see. And I mean, it's just like how there's no end to this thing. Oh, and it was beautiful in that. And I reminded back to the time I first saw that experience. I said, man, what a gorgeous piece. But can I say, when God looks at that, that doesn't put him in awe. But when he sees what the blood has done, he's in awe tonight. God's wonderful masterpiece. You can travel to the Rocky Mountains in Indonesia. You can travel down and look in that the Grand Canyon in Indonesia that God had made that. Oh, but my friend, what amazes me more, that God can take a lost man, I take one that's on his way to hell, oh, my friend, and take his son and give his life to Calvary and make a masterpiece out of his life. <laughs> he made the angels... And the angels worship Him. <laughs> but all these things are not God's masterpiece. <laughs> I need you to realize that tonight. If we never realize what God done when God saved us, friend, we never have our head hung low. We never have a frown on our face. But we'd be walking with a skip in our step. Amen. Amazing grace would mean something to us. Amen. And we realize that when the way seems dark and we cannot see, we'll know that God will be there right on time. <laughs> oh, but then we look at the canvas. Now we see the Creator. And the Creator is God. But every canvas, every masterpiece has to have a canvas, does it not? <laughs> and can I say, this canvas that God had to work with, what we brought to the party wasn't much. <laughs> you see, the masterpiece that God had to make that God took and made something great out of. When you and I come and we come before God, we didn't have much to offer, did we? People say, well, I brought this to God and I brought that to God and God took what I... My friend, I had nothing to offer God but myself, Brother Junior. But I'm glad tonight to say this. God, when I had nothing to give to God. God had everything to give to me tonight. God's masterpiece. Every artist usually picks the best material and that to do a work from. But my friend God had no good material that we could offer that He could pick from tonight. You see, if we were to create a masterpiece, we wouldn't go out into the junkyard, brother, Chris, to go find something to make a work with. We'd go down to the art store and buy a canvas that was perfectly wrapped up, pay the extra dollars because of what it is, buy the finest paintbrushes and the finest paints and that's to make the picture. But you need to realize this. When God made this masterpiece, He picked the job to make something great. You say, you calling me junk, you're catching on real fast. You, as long as you are in your flesh, there is none righteous. 
No, not one. Amen. But what God asks the picture makes everything different. This campus, again, we brought nothing good. Notice what Paul said. This is what we brought to this picture tonight to God's wonderful masterpiece. First of all, we brought something that was dead. Verse number one, and you hath he quickened who were dead. In trespasses and in sins. Dead. Dead in trespasses. Number one, he was saying, You yourself has trespassed against God. We ourselves have trespassed against God. And we were dead. But he didn't stop there. He said, You were dead in trespasses and in sins. So he's saying, Not only was your sins that made you dead, but Brother Colt, because you was of the seed of Adam, because of Adam's transgression, you was dead. But we like to throw off on Adam a lot, amen? Yes, sir. But we need to realize this that we ourselves were dead in trespasses. Again, we have failed God. We have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that didn't stop God from making a masterpiece. But He goes on and He says, Not only were we dead, but we was devilish. We was devilish. I know moms and dads will say, My kids are good kids. But I reminded of that Syrophoenician woman said, My daughter is vexed with the devil. There's a lot of people walking around this world today and will never get saved by the grace of God. Because they think they're good enough. They think they're without fault, without failure, and without sin. But we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We was dead and devilish. He said, in verse number 2, where in time past you walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience. We was devilish. And if you're not saved by the grace of God tonight, you're devilish. Let's not be around the bush. You're just like your daddy the devil. There's nothing good about you tonight. Right now, I'll get to the good part in a minute. But you're dead and you're devilish. Moms and dads, it's time we get burdened for our kids again. It's time we quit patting little Johnny and little Susie on the back saying everything's fine. They're little angels. They might be in the church house, but they ain't in your house. Amen. I'm talking a little I'm talking about children that are raised in church. Devilish. Amen. Back sassing mommy, back sassing daddy. Devilish. Lying every chance they get. Devilish. 
<laughs> Trying to do things and get away with it devilish. <laughs> you say, how do you know that, preacher? Because I was too. Every one of us here were. <laughs> now some of us, we had good heritages. I come from a home that mom didn't know God. Dad didn't know God. But God found I cried out I feel the grace we talked about last night. <laughs> I was devilish. I was rotten. And sometimes I think I'm paying for my upbringing. <laughs> I'm looking at some of my children to realize how they act and how they operate. I think God's paying me back for how I did some others. But I was devilish. But so were you. Paul said, where time past you walked according to the course of this world, to the Spirit that now worketh in the children to disobedience. <laughs> you see, when I was a sinner, I ran with sin. <laughs> you know how you know you're a child of God? It's how you run and what you're running to. <laughs> if you're saved by the grace of God, you're going to run with God. And you'll find yourself running with God's people. <laughs> Brother Matt, when I was lost, I didn't want to run with God's people. <laughs> I run with the devil's people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if they was if they was causing a fuss, I wanted to get involved with it. <laughs> I wonder about all those people always want to cause a fuss. Here it comes straight from heaven. I wonder about all them want to cause, always cause a fuss in the house of God. <laughs> they want to cuss and they want to fuss. I wonder why. Maybe it's because they're of the devil. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you can think what you want, but hey, if there was a devil in the first New Testament church. Don't think there ain't going to be a devil in this church. <laughs> Matter of fact, the first devil was a treasurer. Amen. I've seen a few of them along the way. <laughs> now, don't say, well, you're preaching on a treasurer tonight. No, I ain't preaching on your treasurer tonight. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I'll be honest with you. I've seen a few devil preachers. I've seen a few devil deacons. I've seen a few devil Sunday school teachers. I've seen a few devil church members. But they ain't gods. They ain't gods. Hey, somebody's always wanting to cause a curse and a fuss in the house of God. Mark them. They're of the devil. I don't mean to get ugly tonight, but I I mean we're children of disobedience. It ain't hard for a child of God to march in step with God. Amen. And if you march in step with God, you'll march in step with God's man. You won't have to pull and prod a sheep to go with God. He'll want to go with God. He'll want to follow the under shepherd. Amen. 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 <laughs> yes. All those always want to go against it. Well, we just going against the grain because we're different. Yeah. yeah. You might not be different. You might just be devilish. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me say this. If I'm rubbing the cat the wrong way, turn the cat around. It then will start rubbing it the right way. But until you turn around, you ain't going to get rubbed the right way. Amen. And by the way, we ain't preaching for pats on the back. We're preaching for souls to get saved. And people to get right. And God's people to live and realize what God has done in our life. But we was devilish. We was disobedient. We've already stood a little time there. We've already talked about we desired evil. 
Bible said our feet were swift to mischief. Oh, T.J., we ran there. We ran to mischief. I mean, if there was if there was problems going on, we wanted to be there. Here it comes. You ever wonder why there's problems in the church and people ain't been there for six months want to come? Swift to mischief. I mean, you can't find them with a search warrant when God's in the house. My brother Chris said, problems coming to church and look who shows up. It's the ones that ain't been there, ain't held up their end of the bargain for six months. Well, you didn't want to show up that time. Well, we're going to have a vote. And that right now, amongst the faithful, it's 50-50. Let that boat come up and man, you see people ain't been here in years. <laughs> Y'all take the boat away. If they weren't here to support in the good times and the hard times, why should they get the boat in the troubling times? Yet they want to run into it and get involved with it. Hey, first thing you need to get involved is with God. If you don't need to get involved with the problems, you need to get involved with God. You get involved with God, you'll apologize to your church. I still believe in apologizing to the church. I've been way off the subject tonight, but I'm going right well. I still believe in apologizing to the church. If you ain't been to your church in three weeks and a month, you if you ain't been sick and got a health reason though why you owe your church an apology. Amen. If you live outside the will of God, you owe your church an apology. And you give your church an apology. First of all, you owe God an apology. If you give God an apology, then you give your church an apology. And you really don't need to go in great condition on what you're apologizing over. You just let them know that you ain't been doing right and say, I'm sorry, and God's forgiven me, and go on about it. But we was devils. We was disobedient. We desired evil. But we was distant. He said we were far off. My friend, we were so far off we couldn't find God with a search warrant. I know it makes for good good things and good sayings. And they mean well when they say it, when people say, Well, I found the Lord. I found the Lord. Again, we all be honest, we didn't find the Lord, the Lord found us. He found me lost and undone. And like you sing back at home, He didn't lead me that way. Amen. I'm glad when He found me lost and undone, when I realized it and accepted, He did not lead me that way. But we was distant from God. There are songwriters that, that testify and they say, I mean, these are famous songwriters. You would know it if I mentioned names. And they carry a lot of clout. But you ask them, tell me about the day that God saved you. And they respond with, well, the only thing I can say is I, I just I felt like I've always been saved. I, tell me about the time you got lost and God saved you. Well, I've just always been saved. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. According to the Word of God, that's not possible. Matter of fact, that's impossible. Because if you've just always known God, then that means you were never a sinner. But we've all sinned. We're all devilish. 
We was all disobedient. We was all distant. We was all dead. And we was decomposing. You realize right now, the longer you stay in sin, the worse you smell. The worse you smell. Say, I thought I smelled pretty good. I put deodorant on. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about how you smell in the nostrils of God. And God looks at you and you're decomposing tonight. You're breaking down where? From the outside in? No, you're breaking down from the inside out. Amen. Amen. I mean, you see the effects of sin, what has taken place, like it's already been mentioned, of the gray hairs and the wrinkling of the body, the aches and the pains. That's the body decomposing. Amen. As time goes on, it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. But if you ever looked at somebody who's lived a life of alcohol... They can be 40 years old and look like they're 80. You ever seen what drugs do to people? I mean, I'm not talking, I mean, marijuana and, and those things. But one of the greatest things that's going on where we're from up in Cincinnati, Ohio, is there's a heroin epidemic that's just breaking out. I mean, people's dying left and right. I'm talking young people tonight. Young people. You say, I'll never get involved in that. My friend, you don't get saved, you don't know what you'll get involved with. Amen. It don't matter if mommy and mommy's a good Sunday school teacher and daddy's a preacher. My friend, if you don't get saved, you don't know which way you'll go. But it ages people. I mean, we see them walk into work, Brother Colt. I mean, they get their cars towed in, get them impounded by the police officers, and they meet the requirements by the law to get the car back. And you see them, and they show you that driver's license. And to say 25, 28 years old, but you look at them, they almost look like they're 50. Why? Sin is decomposing the body. It's killing them. And my friend, the longer you stay in sin, it's killing you also. Child of God, the longer you have one sinning away from God, it's killing your walk with God. But that's what we brought to them, to the masterpiece. But let's look what God brought. First number four, but God who is rich in mercy. You see, you brought junk. You brought devilish, disobedient, distant, and dead things. God brought mercy. Aren't you glad that God saw you through the eyes of mercy? So He brought mercy to this thing. Then God brought great love. Notice what He said in verse number 4. For His great love wherewith He loved us. So, He brought mercy. And Brother James, you brought great love. Because only great love could look at something as devilish as you and I were and said, I'm going to go die for that one. I'm going to go save that one. Great love is what He brought. And then we go down a little bit further. In verse number 5, it said, You who were, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. <laughs> so He brought Christ into this thing. Amen. Amen. People say, well... Now, they, I'm getting way, I'm getting way off line here. But he brought Christ, and like we talked about last night, he brought grace into this. He said, "And by by grace are ye saved through faith." Amen. Go to verse number seven. He not only promised you that he'd save you, but he said, "When I save you, I'm going to put you in a place where I'm going to set you down." <laughs> you know what he's going to do? He's going to show off His masterpiece. Notice what He said in verse number 7. That in the ages to come He might show... Or verse number 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in 
Christ Jesus. You know the closest place we'll get to heaven in this earth right here? It's right where we're at tonight. Brother Wright's a great old church. I'm glad for the church. Amen. I love the church. I love the local church tonight. Why? It's where God shows off His masterpieces at. You know what we're sitting amongst tonight? A bunch of God's famous paintings tonight. You see, Brother John, your painting might be a little different than mine. But you're still a masterpiece. And Brother Randy, people may say you don't have much sense, Brother Randy. <laughs> but God can take someone and make a masterpiece out of it who the world says is senseless and, and of no value. But aren't you glad that God painted a masterpiece in Randy Hinson's life? Amen. And I love Brother Randy. Amen. You might not love him, but I do. Amen. And if you love God, you love Brother Randy. And if you love God, you love the brotherhood. If you don't love the church, it means you don't love God. How can you say you love God who you have not seen when you don't love your brother who you have seen? We're a church of masterpieces tonight. Brother Jacob, two years ago, or maybe a year and a half, two years ago, God led you and your wife here to Truth Baptist Church. You know what God did? He took that masterpiece that He already performed in your life. He just made it a little prettier. You want to know why? So you go to Corner Baptist Church or wherever the name I don't even know the name of it. We're at Corner Baptist Church. Hey, man, you know what He can do? He can show off His masterpiece to them. That their people, their lost loved ones, can see what God has done in your life and perform a masterpiece in theirs. But if we're God's masterpiece tonight, why are we walking around trying to hide? If God has performed a work in our life, why don't our co-workers know about it? Young people tonight, your youth group knows about it, but do your classmates? Family member, you might have uncles and aunts that don't know God, but do they know that you know God? You say, does God expect me? Absolutely. He expects you. And how does He expect you? By how you walk. Your walk talk is a whole lot louder than your talk talk. There's a lot of people that talk it up, Brother Chris, but their walk denies it. You won't have to wear a... Uh, uh, what would Jesus do bumper sticker and a big old WWJD belt buckle that they pay, people think that you're a child of God? Because if you're saved by the grace of God, your life will show it. There'll be something different about your life. When people see you in a... Let me ask you this. When your church member sees you in a shopping street, they see you in a local Walmart in the Ingles, do you run the other way? Or do you run up and hug their neck? And say, I love you. Say, I'll pray for you. Amen. Or do, they, do your classmates just think you're one of them tonight? There's people that have their name on this church roll and have their names across the church rolls across America tonight. And people don't even know whether you're saved or not. Amen. 
your classmates don't know. You may even try to hide it from your spouse. But it's like this. You can take a piece of meat. You can take an old fatted piece of meat, Brother Randy. And you can put it in a brown paper bag and walk around with it. But eventually, the juices and the fat that's on the inside is going to work its way to the outside. And it's going to show some marks. If God is living inside of you, He can't help but show out in your life. If you can walk around and people not know that God is in there, chances are He's not. If you can listen to the jokes that the boys tell at the water cooler and get away with it, I'll be honest, number one, you're not right with God. That's right. And you might you might not be saved. I don't know whether you are or not. Amen. But you're not right with God. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. It's time for all to call, Brother Toby. Amen. Come give it as you see fit. God's dealing with people right now. If I was lost without God, I'd come. If I was saved by the grace of God, not living right, I'd come. Amen. Brother Toby, you come give invitation as God leads your heart. Everybody needs to pray tonight. The Holy Ghost working on your heart in any way. Be absolutely and perfectly obedient to the Holy Spirit of God.